0: Hey everybody! This is a special edition of the Barely Legal Podcast. Ego, on today's show, I have—I uh, have to pinch myself. If you would have told me a month ago that I would be on uh, the, Bubba the Bubba the Love Sponge Radio Network in his studio that uh, the end of the world would be nigh, that everything was closing down. I, I would have called bullshit. But here I am sitting in the Bubba the Love Sponge studio with Bubba the Love Sponge sitting across from me, and he's been kind enough to give me an hour of his time today to kind of tell him. An li- hour? Is that
1: how long we're taking here?
0: Well, you tell, you, you tell me when <laughs> you're just, ready to go. I'm
1: just messing with
0: you. <laughs> but, I ain't got nothing but time. This but coronavirus I, stuff. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I, I really wanted to talk to you today because— I think there's another side to you that people don't get to know much about, and I think it's important that people do. uh, Most people have no idea of the other side of the story with me. Yeah, well, we just spent about an hour, well, not an hour, 30 minutes talking before the show, and you are a different person than uh, who people know from the radio, and I grew up locally, so I've listened to you in every iteration. You've had either terrestrial radio, satellite radio, uh, you know, whatever it was, and I mean... I, I think it's important that people kind of know who you are. Yeah, you know the the media; um,
1: they have really kind of crafted me in the last, you know, five to six years as uh, kind of not. A, I'm not even a shock jock anymore. I'm kind of like the bad guy, the creep, the you know, the the seedy, shady, and and that's that's it's 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 not it's not true, and it's it's just it's really it's really. F- fascinating to see how the media once once you get and the once you piss off the media or you've done it just they just absolutely go for the jugular and kill you and you can't really do much about it even if you have a delivery mechanism you know to say your side of the deal And, and people most of the people don't hear you know hear your show or whatever your side of the deal and You just
0: get spun as the
1: dick or the bad guy,
0: and that's me. And Well, you're kind of a test case, too, because I think what's happening to a lot of people in politics now is what's been happening to you for the past 20 years where – the truth of the matter, you know, we're in a post-truth world, so it's just all spin, and so
1: and we're kind of in a cancellation world too. Well, that
0: too. Yeah. We're
1: like, you know, um, let's find out as much as we can against, uh, and then you know what? We're not, we're not going to give you a second chance. We're just going to cancel
0: you. You're done. Well, you wouldn't have had a career if where we're at right now was the case in the you know '90s, early 2000s. I mean, oh no, my, I, I, you know, I, I'm only around,
1: I'm only left with a little remnants of what I used to have because when i was really whirling it up and getting in trouble i had you know corporate america that would stand behind its talent and if you were good and had great ratings they would you know go to trial for you now they just say you're done buddy
0: if it makes money it makes sense but even even now that that, that's not enough to cut the mustard so uh if i can i kind of want to start at the beginning uh so warsaw indiana right yeah and uh you have one sibling is it
1: Yep, Tara. Tara, I, uh,
0: she's five years younger than and than I. Uh, so four years. I remember. I remember back in the day listening to her on your show and Janie Cakes and all that other stuff. Yep. So, uh, you know, I've kind of feel like I've grown up with you. So, how long were you in Warsaw before you moved? Eighteen. I moved. I was there till I was, you know, eighteen. Then I went, graduated Warsaw High. Had a
1: chance to maybe go play football. What in, positions in, did in, you play? Nose guard and okay. and long snapper. Oh, wow. And Special I, teams. Yeah, well, you know, nose guard, defense, and then, you know, long yeah. snapper. And I had a chance to go maybe more, uh, play for Indiana Central Division Two, or or go try to walk on at Indiana State. So I tried to walk on at Indiana State. I made the squad uh, and then blew my knee out, like, within the third or fourth practice.
0: Yeah. It was just going to
1: be a walk-on anyway.
0: Was your dad around? Was he in the picture?
1: No. My dad and mom... My dad moved to Reno, Nevada oh, my wow. my, ju- my junior or senior year. I think my senior year. And um, my dad and I haven't been real close. Is you he know. still around? Yeah, yeah. He's still okay. alive. He lives in Reno. Been there ever since. You know, my mom and I are the closest. And sure. uh, she's she lives down here in Tampa now.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Because I think she was still in Indiana for most of the time that I remember you've been on the radio. Yeah,
1: Tara and her both live. So we all live. Actually, we live, you know, all within like 15 minutes of each other.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So that's kind of cool. Which is this. Does, does to. Does she work, Tara, or is she... Tara? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. she's. what'd she do? Killing it. She's like um, a medical headhunter
0: kind of. Oh, okay. She's like got recruiting?
1: A... Yeah. Okay. Something like that.
0: Very cool. Very I cool. I think I'd know more, but uh, yeah. so I don't you got, really pay you attention. Got, you got some stuff going on. Got a lot of shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about your mom? How's her health? Is she she cool? She's 74, and she's great, That's and awesome. she's you know
1: just an absolute smart ass That's where I get the majority of my smart ass humor is from my mom.
0: Yeah, I I, my, I lost my dad in 2018, and I lost my mom in 2019. Oh, yeah, they were very much a part of that sense of humor. I
1: can't, uh, I can't even tell you, I know what that would be it's, like it's, because it's it just, fucked
0: up. I mean, I was an only child too, so I I, I was you were spoiled, very, well spoiled, but very close. Well, yeah, very but very close with them. I, I I talk about this a lot on the show. I go to therapy every week because. Uh, being an only child uh, does a lot to you because you don't have siblings to kind of distract you from uh, your, your parents' adventures. So, And, you know, were your mom
1: and dad still together? When they, they were
0: still together. Uh, they were still together, but, God, those last 10 years were tough. They, there's constant threats of of of, uh, of hiring me to sue the other one for child support. <laughs> Did you ever have to
1: stop in, step in and say, listen, oh, mom, constantly. dad, listen, seriously. Constantly. Constantly. Let's keep our shit together here as a family and, I mean, you know.
0: For sure. I mean, they were the sweetest people that, you know, but, you know, they both had problems with alcohol and their their health was pretty poor at the end. And they didn't want to be in the same room with each other the last couple of years. Now, was
1: it freaky when, you know, your dad died and, you know, I don't know how close you and your dad were, but, you know, all of us boys kind of gravitate to our mom. Yeah. And, you know, you still had her, but then, you know, obviously in lieu of your father, you still have your mom. Yeah, and then when you lose her, man, it's got to be really a mind fuck. Like,
0: well, I it mean, is you because know, I, I've I've now heard every story I'm going to hear, and any question that I ever had is not going to be answered again. So right. I know as much as I'm going to know about their life. I know as much as I'm going to know about my family history. I uh, so there's a finality to it, you know, that's kind of dark if you if you meditate on it too long, but. Uh, You know, my, my only advice to you would be put your mom on tape. Well, you probably got a bunch of her on tape, but t- talk to her, ask her questions that maybe you haven't asked her and have that document that you can have to go back to. Because one of my biggest fears is I'm me and prepare. tape doesn't usually work out pretty well. Good. I'm trying to stay away from the <laughs> tape and deal nowadays. <laughs> That's, I, that's Hopefully my mom point. will keep
1: her clothes on and my best friend won't be over there when we're taping. So we'll, we'll be yeah. all right on that deal.
0: That's true. That's true. But I'm, my, one of my biggest fears is that I'm going to forget the sound of their voice. You know, that, that, that oh, keeps yeah. me up at night. So anyway, anyway. So, so uh, then
1: I went to Indiana State, Terre Haute, Indiana. Was there for four years. Did you do broadcasting at all in college? Or? Yeah. Well, I didn't at the college station. Um, it Actually. So ate did you
0: study it? or No. Okay. No.
1: I just was, you know, fucking around in Indiana State. Like not doing well in school, flunking out, you know, whatever, lifting weights. And
0: Were you the Bubba then that you are today? I mean, did you have the same personality or is that something that's kind of evolved over time?
1: I think it's evolved, but I think it, you know, I think I was probably seventy percent when I seventy ended up. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Not full retard, having do they say yeah. for the seventy percent, like yeah. Rolling
1: around kind of a smart ass, yeah. you know, whatever. And so in uh April first of nineteen eighty six, two years I've been to Indiana State. 20 years old, give or take. Yeah, 20 years old. Yep. And so I I I did some research last night. I was uh, a bouncer at a nightclub called Jubilation. (laughs) And it was uh, owned by a guy named Hassan. He was a Middle Eastern guy, but he was super kick ass. And I was a bouncer there. And so on Thursday night, they used to have like this naughty nighty contest hosted by some local radio guy. Right. And so I go to work that day and Hassan takes me into the office and he says, listen, there's this guy on the radio. His name's Carrie Gray. And he's the host of this Naughty Nighty contest every Thursday. And uh, he always goes back to the dressing room and gets creepy with the girls. Like he goes back there and be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, and so he's, he's creeped a couple of the girls out. So when he comes up to the stage tonight, cause that was my area, yeah. I want you to give him the wireless microphone and tell him that he can host the contest, but he is not to go back to the back. And that's your responsibility. Nice. I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting there, you know, at the stage deal. The door goes back to the back. Sure enough, this guy comes up. And he's like, "Hey, I'm Kerry Gray from 103 <laughs> PFRs. What' like you know I'm supposed to be back here in the back because I'm the the judge of the naughty, naughty contest." I'm like, "Listen, I'm nuts. Hassan already told me to be looking out for you, and uh, you're you're supposed to go grab the microphone and get on stage, and I'll bring the girls to you." You're cre- and I actually just said, "You've been creeping them out, there, buddy." And so he goes, and then so this and this this next statement is what probably changed my life, whether for the good or the bad. I go, P- plus, how hard is it to be on the radio anyway? Like, you just get <laughs> on there and, like, you know, bullshit a little bit, don't you? And he goes, well, hey, if you think it's so easy. So this was like a March 31st, 1986. He says, we're doing, for, for April Fool's Day here at 103 PFR in Terre Haute, oh, we do this thing where we just bring average people off the streets to be radio people if for the April Fool's Day. Right. And so why don't you come down to 643 Ohio Street uh, at two o'clock and I'm gonna you're gonna be my guest DJ. And I want to say I got this lunk-headed bouncer here that thinks he can be a DJ and we'll see how stupid you sound, okay? I'm like, okay. So I go down there the next day, and I'm, um, you know, this guy's on the air, and he's playing like you know, Falco, Rock Me Armadeus, <laughs> and you know, Janet Jackson, Give Me a Beat, and all this kind of bullshit. And you know, he's like, you know, 103 PFR, It's Scary, Carrie Gray with you, and here's some Janet Jackson for the Lincoln Quad, and all the hot Alpha Fee chicks uh, on 103 PFR. Then he plays. So well, then I'm, so I'm in the studio, and I'm not getting ready to be. I they're not really letting me on the air yet. And then when I do get on the air, it's just going to be like, Hi, my name's Bubba Clem, and I'm a bouncer at e- Jubilation, and like. You know, like that's all. That was, they're not going to let me really do anything. Yeah. And so I'm watching all the phone lines blow up, and I'm watching him pick up the lines. And as he's playing these records, I see all these chicks, and and you know, I kind of quickly figure out that hey, this motherfucker here is really popular, and people like him. Like just the guy on the radio, man, they really dig him. So this guy, I quickly changed gears and rather be a dick to him during that show. I'm like, hey, um, let's. Uh, I know a couple of college parties. Once you come and can kind of come hang out, hang out with me a little bit, I'll take you and take you to some college parties. So I started hanging out with this dude, and everywhere we go, I mean, like, the the restaurants are giving him free food if they talk about him on the air. He's got this guy who wants to give him a free used Ford to talk about his Ford dealership. <laughs> He's got you know all these bitches that are wanting to, like you know, give him give him pussy and stuff. And so I go. Hey, can I start hanging out with you a little bit? Like I'll kind of be your intern and your bodyguard. Because he was a little wimp kind of guy.
0: You gotta appeal to and, his vanity.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's like, sure. So I start hanging out with this dude, and I just kind of became as like his little bitch boy, do boy. And he's the one that got me in radio. That's how I got in radio by by challenging that guy. And I just started hanging out with him and
0: he'd get drunk and
1: high and I'd go pick him up and bring him to work, you know, just kind of like a friend. Yeah. And he just got me, he kind of got me in it.
0: That's amazing. I was just talking, I, I you're actually the second uh, interview i have done today. I did one at seven this morning with my buddy, Dave Sweeney from Ireland. And we were talking about uh black Swan events, which a black Swan events is kind of a one off thing that happens that changes everything. And so uh, it sounds to me like, you know, but for that, that, that day at that job, life would have maybe taken a drastically different turn. For well, me. I wanted, I wanted to be a high school football coach. Well, I could see that. For I, sure.
1: <laughs> and, and you know what? Um, you
0: remember, you remind me of Jerry Austin, who was my football coach at Northeast high. So I, I, I could see it. And
1: so when I, my first year, I go there at 84 and um, I take one semester. I instantaneously get all F's. <laughs> <clears throat> don't even, you know, give a fuck.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, they put me on probation. Um, by, by May of 85, I'm kicked out of school. And so I go back to Warsaw and I start working at a van conversion place,
0: putting down carpet or putting something. down carpet. Yeah.
1: And my, I was still, I was just, you know, two years removed from being the captain of the football team at, at that in in Warsaw. And so the head coach of the, of the high school team, Kevin Westover was my boy. I go to Kevin and say, Hey, Kevin, I get off work at three o'clock. Can I go out and help the freshman football team, you know, help, coach Lichtenwalder. He's like, yeah. So I went and was the assistant coach for the freshman team. We went eight and zero, and I was going to go back to Indiana state just to get my teaching degree because I had to sit one semester out. And so I went and coached Warsaw freshman high assistant coach. And so I really had the bug. I was going to go back, get my teaching certificate and then come back and try to be a football coach. And had, had I not had that black swan moment and met Carrie that's probably what I may I might have done.
0: And by the way, I'm daydreaming about you being a, a high school teacher. That would be amazing. You probably uh, win every award out there for like best. Like all the kids would love you. Oh, I, and you know I wouldn't be trying to fuck any of them either. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'd,
1: I'd be like, yeah, let's frown
0: on that. That's not. Yeah, you
1: know, <laughs> I like I would be like uh, I would be like the kind of guy who would be like I always wanted somebody like one of my boys or something like around. I don't think teachers can even really be alone with students.
0: Oh, my dad. So my dad taught at Northeast High School. He taught at Azalea. He taught at Mirror Lake. He taught all of, both my parents were school teachers. And my dad was a lot like you and sounds like your your mom. He had a sense of humor, but it would always get him in trouble. There was always parent-teacher conferences. You know, he just, he he knew what people were trying to get at, so he would- uh, make a joke and they would take him literally and constantly he'd be down at the office. So, and that probably wasn't even in today's society. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I, 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 gotta be careful, but, uh, they had, they had limited budget for microscopes and he taught biology and, uh, he was in the seminary to become a priest before he was a high school teacher. But, uh, he, uh, was passing out microscopes and one of the girls, uh, asked why she didn't get one. She was an African American girl. And he said, well, because you're, you're black. And he was, Joking because he knew that that's what she was trying to assert about it. But she she took it seriously, oh, told her parents. Man. The parents called the teachers. The teachers called now, the Now,
1: what office. year was
0: this? This would have been in the late 80s, I think.
1: Yeah, well, that I mean, it was a problem back then. But can you imagine oh, no, what the shitstorm storm would, would
0: be? He would be, to... be on the news. He would be fired. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But, I mean, he, he went to University of Florida. He was a gator. And he went and lived in the inner city neighborhoods. He used to sit and work with black families. I mean, he's one of the most giving, loving altruistic people, you know, out there, but, and I, and I have this problem too, is our mouth gets us in trouble. So you got to, you know, kind of watch it. But one of the things that you're talking about is one of the big questions that I had for you today. And I want to ask you about is your resiliency. You have been knocked down more than just about any public figure that that I've known throughout my lifetime. And you're talking about, you know, just starting with your, your knee injury, you know, through to today and you keep getting back up. Is that something that you've kind of worked on organically is that there a history of that in your family I mean just kind of always getting back I mean even you were telling me a story which I won't go into on the air uh that you're dealing with about you know quitting versus kind of getting back in there where did that come from
1: you know I don't I think I, I I don't know where it necessarily came from whether I take from my mom or my dad you know my family never my mom and dad never were very wealthy or anything like that, but they never got a handout and they always worked. My dad was a factory worker. My mom always drove a bus uh, or worked in a doctor's office. So I think, I think probably instilled by them on not ever wanting anything for free or getting a handout. But I, I, I never really know that, I, that giving up is an option. Yeah. You know, like it's not. And I think in today's society, it it is. I think in today, the way that maybe the younger generation it, it, giving up is okay. Yeah. Whereas I'm not, I've never been taught. I don't come from the school of giving up and, you know, the only way I would give up is if I would kill myself. Like, right. I mean, that's the ultimate give up. Give up and so yeah. if I do give up, I'm just not going to lay at the house all day. And I'm just going to go ahead and blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to give up, you might as well give up like a pimp.
0: If, if <clears> you if, know, if if, if the, so, I'm
1: not. And if I, that ever
0: actually crosses your mind, please text me. I'll, oh, it has.
1: Yeah. I think we, I think everybody.
0: Oh, they think about it yeah, I for think, sure. I no, think I've had this conversation with my therapist. For I sure.
1: think everybody would lie. Everybody would lie. A lot of people would lie. That have thought about killing themselves. Now, us normal, rational speaking, rational thinking people that have kids and people that may be financially and fiscal, families that depend on on us and, you know, you own your own business and things like that, you, you know, you got to quickly get over the pity party and realize that you can't blow your brains out. Right. But we've all thought of it. Yeah. We've all thought of it and we've all had that tender moment would be like you know what i wonder if people would even miss me and you know and and, and i'll miss you bubba <laughs> and, and, and and but i'm secure enough to say yeah i've had those thoughts yeah absolutely i have
0: yeah well and i, I think it's healthy uh, number one i think it's healthy to be honest about it uh and there's a difference between thinking about it and actually taking steps and furtherance of it but i just you know i i took some time i don't usually prep for these things i just kind of do them on the fly but just wing I, them Well, I do, but for you, I kind of wanted to you know, not come in here and shit the bed. You're not shitting the bed. I read up on you a little bit, and then we just talked before. And, I mean, you could literally write three different books about your life up to this point. You should have a a series on Netflix. You should have a movie or something. Because it's not believable. It is not believable. It is not believable. And And it's
1: not even like you kind of are Switzerland, so to speak. You're an attorney. You're an intelligent man. And you've done your research and you like, it's not even like my story isn't even like woes me. This is kind of how it went, but there's no, that's how I explain stuff to you is like, that's how fucked up it really is.
0: Well, and the hard thing is, is, you know, it's, this is theater to a a lot of degree. I mean, if you came on and were just me on the radio, no one would want to listen long term because it's not compelling. So you're playing a role it's there's smoke and mirrors to some extent but i feel like that that personality that you portray on, on the radio is is taken literally by law enforcement by the feds by the judges by the attorneys by you know people in your life and so you're suffering because of a role to d- degree that you play on the radio and and you, you know you're a lightning rod and, and
1: and i can explain why that happens and you know what it took my former vet best friend in the world, Hulk Hogan to explain it to me. It was probably in 2004, 2005 This is
0: before everything went, yeah, this is yeah. before,
1: you know, Hogan and I didn't have our issues until 12. Yeah. You know, and I hope that, you know, when all this legal wrangling gets done that, you know, Terry and I can reconnect. I don't know that that's going to happen, but a couple of things legally have to go, you know, you have to get, get taken get care of first yeah. until we can even attempt that. But in 2005, 2006, we were training one day and, um, Hogan listened to the show all the time and we went out to breakfast after we got done training and a couple women came up to me and called me a pig Yeah, and like, Oh my God, you know, I can't believe that you killed a hog and you're a pig and you know, this and this and this. And I, I just, it really upset me and Hogan nailed it. And I never thought about why this happens to me. And I go, you know, H- Terry, why, why don't people understand that I'm not the guy on the radio? Like, that's kind of a persona, bigger than life kind of deal, over the top, blowhard, spokesperson, you know. And he goes, here's the reason why. And and it makes perfect sense. If you're a bad guy, let's say that you're, uh, you know, uh, a, a famous actor like George Clooney or, you know, whatever. A famous bad guy. And you play a bad guy on the silver screen. Like I'm talking about a bad guy, like a guy who cuts people's heads off sure, and yeah. rapes women, and you know, like a, a your character that you play is a bad guy. Well, in the most famous and busiest actors do will do like The Rock right now does about two, maybe three films a year. Most of most of the time, if you're a really hot actor, you average about two films a year, maybe one, but let's call it two. And within each film, it's about most films are two hours, right? And so. At the best, if you're the most lead actor in whatever role you're playing, you're going to get 50% of the film's real real estate. So that means you're going to be on screen about an hour total. Well, if you only have to play an asshole and a killer or a bad guy or a child rapist or a murderer or anything bad that people could judge you by, you're only going to be that person in their lives for two hours a year. The frequency that I have to be a bad guy, that I play the bad guy.
0: The breadth and the depth.
1: Is 20 hours a week.
0: Yeah, four hours every four morning. Four hours
1: every morning. And it really makes sense because if you drive something home long enough, you know, McDonald's and Burger King, they, they, it's more frequency than it is the content of the message. It's, you know, you may watch the ball game and see, you know, five Chevy commercials. So they just hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you. Well, when you hit people for that frequent – that consistent, and you play the role that many times, total real estate of people's lives, then they believe it. Yeah, that make I think that that made the most sense of anything I've ever heard with regards to why people perceive me as such a dick.
0: Well, and 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 you look at just the public in general, and you know I I don't know where we line up politically, but you look at people's view of the president right now, and they have very kind of extreme views on him one way or the other. You know, there's, there's one part of the community that will tell you what a great businessman he is. And I think there's some arguments as why that might not be true. And then there's other, you know, people who take the position that he's the devil incarnate. And although I'm liberal, you know, I, I don't think that that's true either, but it's, it's not, you know, people aren't willing to do the work to find out who people are. They take the first and the last thing that they see, the primacy and recency or the, the, the redundancy as you're describing and and that's just enough for them to kind of form an opinion. So uh, you know, but I I've I've always, you know, I I grew up in St. Pete. I remember the power pig. Uh, you know, when I was in, in college, I listened to you. Then when you were on Siri or XM series with Howard, I listened to you every day. Uh and so, you know, I I hear these things, but I also kind of knew people backdoor that that knew you and so I, I knew that there was kind of uh a, a disconnect between who you were on the radio and and who you are in uh, in person. So, but watching, watching the trajectory of all these cases, I just, how many people do you know? You're an attorney too. How many people
1: do you know that aren't criminals that have been on trial four times?
0: Well, I mean, four uh, times, but how many cases in general between civil and whatever else? I mean, it's gotta be triple digits at this point, isn't it? No, probably. um, No, I'm talking civil lawsuits. I'm talking.
1: No, probably Double. I mean okay. it would certainly be probably maybe 10 12. Yeah. Something like that from Hooters waitresses and I called them a bad name on the radio to officer Giles yeah. uh, of the FHP when I called them an old guy like you know and I and by the way I've never lost ever
0: <laughs> ever <laughs>
1: I'm 4 and 0 on trials. Yeah. Well, I mean like a good number. But I mean like if I growing up in Warsaw, Indiana or just starting radio whatever if somebody would you know like to be on trial it's a big thing, like
0: you know, with a jury. Oh, it's a life with, event, with, like a death or yeah. a marriage or a divorce or born.
1: I mean, that's a like ninety-five percent of America will never be on trial. Maybe ninety-nine. Yeah, will never be on trial where you know a jury is determining your de- your destination. And I've been on trial four times, it it, it it almost feels like a gaudy type deal where they're just trying to get me.
0: Well, I know that Howard always tra- uh, trades on, you know, kind of all these FCC things that he did. But at this point, I feel like you've had to have exceeded his legal wranglings.
1: Oh, I have. He's never been on trial. Yeah. I mean, he's never been facing five years in prison. I mean, I mean you're, I you're fe- really
0: the tip of the spear. I can't even think of anybody else who's probably gone through as much as you have legally speaking. And you speaking. know why? And I'm not,
1: I'm not trying well, to be— I have be, an opinion, um, but sure. Uh, do you know why I've won all four? Why is that? Because the jury was able were able to see me they knew well, the jury
0: is you yeah. you know well, that- the jury the
1: jury able they you know the, the 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 system works and the fact that the jury didn't judge me on my job my attorneys were able to put me on the stand and accentuate me as a person yeah and me as a person is not that bad of a guy in fact most people like me <laughs> i don't mean for that to sound arrogant no 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 but i mean i wouldn't be for no Uh, if, if I, if people, if I didn't resonate well with a jury.
0: Well, I mean, just waiting in the, in the, in the green room here and seeing all the people, you know, you've got people just love being around you. Mr. Messina, who I I think owns the building, turns out he's uh, a distant relation of my wife, Tina, the Basiglios and the the Messinas are are related, but I mean, people love you. So I, I, I I get it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, uh. Kind of where you're at now versus where you've been over the past 20 years. I mean, I don't know kind of how at the front of uh, the public's mind you are since kind of all the Gawker stuff went down.
1: Not, not a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, if you go down to the bar, you go down, uh, you know, wherever people hang out, uh, and you say, "Hey, what do you know about Bubba the Love Sponge?" Yeah. Here's what you're gonna get. He's an asshole, and he fucked over his best friend Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's what people think he taped. He taped his best friend fucking his wife and tried to sell it and tried to do Hogan dirty. When really the only thing I'm guilty of is letting my best friend fuck my wife.
0: Do you even bother trying to explain that to anybody anymore? Or have you given up on that?
1: No, I do. Like, I'm like, you know what? Did you know that I'm not the one that disseminated the tape that uh, in fact, the, the tape was part of my security system? And that I didn't distribute the tape. It was taken from my building. Like, and you, by the time you get that far in, people are like, whatever. He's just fucking making an excuse. People all think that I can't take responsibility for my part of this. And I can. Trust me. I have been – I've paid dearly for my part in this whole deal. But you know, maybe in my lifetime, in the next year, the people that actually shopped this tape, disseminated this tape, distributed this tape, they're currently in litigation – Uh, You know, when that trial either settles or is tried, people will then say, listen, people are still going to have an opinion about me. But I got a 50 percent chance to to persuade somebody who didn't know the real story into believing me now, because everybody thinks that I'm a big fucking blowhard that wants to make an excuse for what happened. And that's not the case.
0: Well, the other thing and not to get real deep in this, but I don't think people have an accurate picture of what this did to you financially.
1: Oh, it's it. I lost everything. Yeah. I literally lost everything.
0: Because I remember I remember when you were at the, well, what I consider the peak, which was when you're doing Howard 101. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, cars, houses, trips. Airplanes. Howard flying into town for your wedding. Yeah. Uh, airplanes. And I, some of the stuff I didn't even know about when I was researching last night, I didn't realize how many, like, bars and restaurants you op- had yeah. locally. Over I mean, I, years, I know those yeah. were gone before any of this happened, but.
1: You know, but. Uh, literally I lost it all. I lost everything. Yeah. and I mean, I don't know how, how much more I have to lose in order to finally start getting a well, second chance. Well, yeah, I mean, chance. at some point like you hit bottom and
0: you turn around. But Like when is when society going to
1: take their, their boot off my neck Yeah, and let me, you know, let me have another chance. I certainly have been humbled. I certainly have a whole nother perspective of life. And if I ever do get another opportunity, I will do it much differently.
0: Well, so I was going to ask you that. Aside from the obvious, if going back to that day that the uh, the uh, radio show guy asked you to come on the show, what would you have done differently?
1: Probably the only thing I would have done differently would have been the Hogan tape.
2: That's
0: it. That's it. So you stand by the rest.
1: That's, that's oh fuck yeah. yeah. I mean the the, the hog deal. Uh, listen, that was a very distasteful thing. in today's in society, I, I listen. I don't even go hunting. Yeah, I don't like killing animals. I my, my couple of my friends own hunting camps, and they go out and blast deers on the weekend. And I'm like, deer. I don't know the, the plural of deers. Yeah. Deers. <laughs> fucking redneck. <clears throat> but I don't even like... Uh, I I don't like hunting, per se. The hog deal, I probably wish I wouldn't have done. But I got a ton of publicity over it. Uh, but probably the hog deal and and, and fucking my wife Yeah, would have been... Yeah. If that didn't happen, I'd still be probably
0: running hard. Now, was that really... You were were you off Howard before that happened or was was were those two things related or were those separate things? Well, it they actually the event happened in 07. Okay. And then the theft of
1: the tape happened in 12 and it got it was released in 2. So I I'd, I'd left Howard in 2011. Okay. So the dis, you know the so theft, it all happened at
0: the same time but it wasn't related to that, was it? Or can no, you say?
1: No, no, no. It uh. The event of Hogan and, and Heather sleeping together was in 2007. Okay. But the theft of the tape was in 2012, and I I stopped working for Howard
0: in 11. Why did you stop working for him?
1: We came, you know, they wanted to cut my salary, and uh, I wanted to go do my own thing on the Internet. And, you know, hindsight being, I didn't make the right decision.
0: Do you, do you hear from him anymore, or is that over?
1: No, no, we keep in touch. Um, we 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 chat probably two or three times a year and email frequently. That's cool. That's cool. And I got a lot of respect for Howard. I, well, I, you know, I'm to get, very, very humbled by what Howard did. The opportunity he gave me.
0: Well, and to be in this career over the course of your life and not kind of have some of the things that have happened to you. I mean, that's that's those are tough waters to navigate. You know, as a as a divorce and family law attorney, I look at guys who are you know in their 70s and 80s. It's like you got to the other side of this thing without killing yourself, without becoming an alcoholic, without getting arrested, without getting your bar license taken. So just kind of surviving is, is to be, uh, and I'm kind of in survival mode right now. You know, I'm 50,
1: I'll be 54 next month. And, uh, you know, I should be way ahead of, you know, virtually I'm starting over as a 50, 50 some year old man. I'm, I basically have no savings. Yeah. Um, I have nothing, you know, but I still come in here every day in a jovial, entertaining, upbeat way and try to keep trying on you know how's your keep health trying to make them oh, i don't think it's that good i, I mean think. you
0: look good uh i'm heavy well but i mean in in, in the I'm context <laughs> of your life i think you're you're on the better end of it than yeah i've been before i
1: need you know i'm two i'm 300 and like 11 pounds when i was really in shape at my best i was 249 yeah and at my heaviest i was 488 wow so i'm you know yeah i need to get Serious about my diet and my exercise again, but you know, my heart's
0: okay, blood pressure's okay, cholesterol's yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah,
1: I think so. Uh, yeah, um, I actually got pretty good blood pressure and cholesterol.
0: You've, you've, I mean, you've weathered this beautifully. I think. I, I mean, I and, think any one of these things by themselves would have ended me, and you know, you're like Rocky.
1: And you know the thing about it, Josh, is uh, I'm kind of a no nonsense, I hate making excuses kind of guy, and so all when I when I've been growing up, you hear. All too often, well, man, stress will kill you, or stress. And I was always like, "What? Shut the fuck up! Man up and get through your shit." But man, I have now gone. I've been fighting these battles that I've been fighting that have brought all this stress to my life since two thousand and eleven. And I can see where stress—it's—it's it's really taken a toll on my health. And I—and I never believed that that excuse back in the day. I'd be like, ah, oh, whatever, fucking stress, fucking stress, kill you. Yeah, but I'm a big believe. I'm a big believer
0: of it. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Redner. He came on my show, and he was talking to me about what a good guy. It, he's amazing. He, that guy is. That's another guy that's been somewhat
1: Ill, wrong. Oh, for wrong sure. Another. The and yeah.
0: You, you, the the image God. the image in the public and the guy that walked into my office. He walked in with these two guys, and I thought they were like bodyguards. And my my quote unquote studio at my office is one twentieth of the size of what you have here. And I was like, guys, I don't think I can get y'all back here. I said, trust me, I'm not gonna, you know, mess with him or anything. And they're like, oh no, you know, we're just hanging out. We're not. He can handle himself. Oh, he's and that guy is fucking sharp. Oh, for sure. I mean, that all this stuff. Ish. You know, he's building that place uh, in the Ebor, the hemp factory. Yeah, he's. And that he, thing, as soon as they legalize it, he's going to be able to switch over and just he's, bang. He's,
1: he's just. He is so far like he's not Joe Redner, the Mons Venus guy. That may have gotten him to the dance, but my lord that guy's brilliant.
0: Well, I heard about the way the how we did on the brewery yeah. and uh you know, Meta, who's related to Messina that we were just talking about. He was the the brew bus thing and he, they sold it for a good a good dime, but oh, yeah. but he said if we held on to it a little bit longer, we could have sold it for 10 times as much and I was I was over in Scotland a couple of weeks ago and they had some uh that brewing company over there. I was like this thing is worldwide now. So Oh yeah. It's crazy.
1: Again, that's a, another guy that people. You may go say, "Hey, you know, go talk to some bitch in Carrollwood that's 35 years old and ask oh, her yeah. about Joe Redner, and they're like, oh he's a fucking scumbag." and titty dancers and man, that motherfucker's straight money is what he
0: is.' He's raw vegan. Yeah. He's one of the most politically knowledgeable people yeah. that you'll ever run across, and he just has common sense and spades, so yeah, I love he can pick up on anything quickly. So I, I'm not going to keep you too much longer because I know you have been on as the radio. As long as you morning. need, buddy. As
1: long as you need. Kevin. Well,
0: so uh, this this show that you're doing, you're, you're doing. There's a terrestrial radio component, and then there's an online component.
1: Yeah, uh, we do. We have, we're syndicated in six different markets, terrestrially. But we are the the largest. We're one of the first to go to to the Twitch platform.
0: I don't and even know what that is.
1: Twitch, <clears throat> uh, Twitch TV is owned by Amazon. Okay. And it's uh, it's historically a gaming platform. Oh, wow. And um, Amazon bought it from the guy that invented it for $1 billion. Yeah. And it basically is the TV version of my radio
0: show. That's awesome.
1: And uh, we, it's it's pretty much kind of taken over my whole business template. Like, we make more money there and do better there than anywhere.
0: Well, I was looking. So, you know, in trying to market a law firm, you know, where our hands are pretty tied by the Florida Bar as far as what we can do. But I'm always trying to figure out a way to differentiate my firm from other people out there. And, uh, you know, who Gary Vaynerchuk is he's, Gary. A, he's a big marketing guru. But anyways, I've heard of him. Yeah, he, uh, he talks about that. He he did this like he got this wine company that he sold really good wines, but sold them for super cheap and made a bunch of money. But anyways, now he does he does public speaking. And he talks about the two best platforms to grow your business are uh, LinkedIn and then TikTok. And so LinkedIn is good because, you know, for my law firm, whether it's personal injury, divorce, property management, if I want to look up contractors so that I could get people's roofs caving in. I could go on LinkedIn and and type in Tampa Bay roofers, and it gives me a whole list of people that I can reach out and have lunch with. But TikTok, which is what your Twitch reminds me of. Have you ever gone on TikTok before?
1: Yeah, I know. We have a TikTok account. Do
0: you? I have no idea how I could market my firm. I have a buddy over in St. Pete, Bruce Denson, who does it pretty well. But it's all girls in yoga pants doing these weird dances. I'm like, I I don't know how as an attorney I can market on this thing, but I want to get a video component. But I see there's IGTV and Facebook Watch so i'm trying to figure all that stuff out
1: yeah we um you know there's YouTube there's yeah. you know there's just and and now Facebook just came up with a monetizing platform if you get a certain threshold of people so you know you got to world, you got to have a digital you got to have a digital thumbprint you've got to at least have some type of digital thumbprint
0: yeah so what is the future holder you going to do this forever do you have a 5 year plan is it just going to keep keep i don't keep know keep your head down and pushing forward is yeah that...
1: i mean yeah I, I hope I hope that I could catch another big terrestrial radio break in Tampa, like ninety eight Rock or or something like that. You know, bring the guy that started all that. You know, back. Yeah. Um. But you know, I've been blackballed in Tampa radio, um, and I don't know that I'll ever get that shot. I have the the show that I do now heard on AM eight twenty, uh, locally uh, is the probably I feel my show that I am doing now with the people that I have now is as good as any any era that I ever had. And if I could just get, you know, somebody in Tampa to listen to it or to believe in it or to give me a shot, the, the, the community of Tampa doesn't have a problem with me. The uh, the media and, you know, some of the movers and shakers and radio have a problem with me.
0: Well, I mean, it, it all boils down to money, doesn't it? I mean, if they think it's going to make money, they won't have a problem. With well, this. But,
1: but in today's society, it's yeah. also about how much flack you're going to get. And when you bring on Bubble the Love Sponge, even if I went out the next day and did a, you know, save a puppy-a-thon, you're still gonna catch a ration of shit. In today's world, everybody wants to stick their head in the sand and not catch any blowback
0: at all. None. Well, that's true, but at the same time, you can have a guy on the radio talking about grabbing women's, you know, whatever and become the president. So right. I it's hard. it's hard to figure out what, what matters and doesn't matter to the public and to business because Well it's
1: and it's who they make the bad guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. we
0: wow. gotta change that narrative, way, you know, we gotta we gotta get the real you out there.
1: I agree you want want to help me. Uh, for
0: sure you've been the heel, you got to be the you know, what's what's the opposite? When
1: I, oh, a baby face. Baby when face, when, when that's I right. worked for TNA wrestling, I was a ringside reporter, you know, backstage deal and Dixie Carter who owned the deal.
0: Not Dixie Carter from the actress. Uh no, no. Oh, okay. Dixie okay. Carter her dad owned okay. Panda Energy okay.
1: and she owned TNA and it was taped over in Orlando. Yeah. And like the fans so Jeff Jared came to me and said, I've oh, wow. never seen anybody that's got real heat. Like you got real heat. Oh yeah. Like real heat. Like they I mean, <clears throat> like the fans fucking absolutely hate you. Yeah. And I go, like, we may have to get rid of you. And I go, motherfucker, isn't that exactly That's what you're
0: paying all these guys a bunch of money right. to figure out how to do. All I do it naturally. Got, all yeah. these
1: guys got fake heat, and you're gonna fire me because I got <laughs> real heat. I got real you need fucking. You start heat. real
0: heat wrestling and just have a bunch of uh. Public- like it's real heat. Yeah, yeah. Like I
1: really hate you and I really want to beat your ass. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that
1: would be a good. That would be real heat wrestling, would it not?
0: Do you talk to Brett Hatley anymore?
1: You know, Brent. Brent is coming back to Tampa.
0: Is he really? Yeah,
1: he'll be back. You know, in the next month, and I think he's uh, oh, starting a channel on Twitch. Oh, for real. Uh, he may, you know, dabble in with me a little bit.
0: So I, I went to high school uh, at Northeast High, and his younger brother, Steve, was a year or two below me. And You know Jeff Linton? Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are my boys.
0: Craig Purcell? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So so they live like two blocks off of Northeast, and we used to go over on Friday afternoons before the football game, and we'd sit at their house. They had a basketball court out at back, and we'd all go into to Brett's room and play uh, Steve Madden. And all the running backs would go get high in the backyard and they would end up puking during the game because
1: they were so high.
0: But I remember Steve and I remember Brett and Brett was like, everybody would scatter when he came home because he was always in the shittiest mood and he wasn't nice to any of Steve's friends. Oh yeah, he's a dick. Brent's a dick. I love Brett
1: more than anything, but Brent, you know, he's an acquired taste.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, Bubba, I can't can't thank you enough for having me on. I wish you the best. Uh, You know, I'm able to differentiate the on the air versus off the air and uh, I, I think you've 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 taken a sufficient beating and hopefully uh the cards uh change for you
1: i look forward to working with you too buddy
0: of course well uh, (laughs) yeah we'll talk about that sometime (laughs) later i locked you i locked you up buddy yeah well i appreciate you thank you so much thank you buddy all right take care.